Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This week's episode of the Fangirls Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, 24-7 Moving. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie, and get excited, history buffs, because today we're talking all about History of the World Part 2. That's right, folks, we're talking Mel Brooks comedy. It is so long overdue, and who better to chat all things history and comedy than our special correspondent, Melinda. Welcome back, friend. Hello. I'm back and I'm excited. (laughs) When I saw the trailer, I don't know who sent the trailer to who first, but this was our love language as far as TikTok goes. And we were just like, oh my goodness, this is so (laughs) exciting. I was like, can I, can I do this for the podcast? Yes. I think you you messaged me and you were like, dibs, dibs, please calling it now. And I said, yes, absolutely. (laughs) Sounds great. (laughs) I will fight for this. What were your initial thoughts? Cause I've got some. Well, overall I enjoyed it. I did like it. I know that there were some scenes that were a little bit slow. I know some people complain that there wasn't enough Mel Brooks in the series, but like Mel Brooks is 95 years old. I'm just happy we have something. Right. Who would have thought it would have been a sequel to History of the World Part 1? I liked it. How about you? Also thoroughly enjoyed it. It wasn't that I was skeptical, but I was always just curious how it would compare to the first history, History of the World. It was way more raunchier than I was expecting. And when I watched the first one, I don't know if I was just young and everything just went over my head, but there was a lot of, oh, this show definitely needs this disclaimer. So FYI, folks, do not watch this with your kids. If you have seen History of the Old Part 1, this was not a surprise. It's Mel Brooks. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> this is more more definitely like early Mel Brooks, 1970s, 1980s humor, for sure. The sketch that stands out the most to me in History of the World Part 1 was The Ten Commandments. That's a good and, one. This is right. a really good one. <laughs> it's it's the best in, in my mind. And I don't know, everything else I've just like completely forgotten. Did you that mental one, block out the French Revolution so. part? <laughs> right? And somehow that my was... brain just compartmentalized everything else. That being said, I was really impressed with how bold they were with their humor no stone went unturned. They hit every social issue under the sun. They did not back off of anything. They they touched on white male privilege, racism, a black Jesus, on sexism and every everything under the sun, which is, again, textbook Mel Brooks. But I was just really impressed. And I think the comedians who were executive producers on this felt a... A responsibility to make sure it lived up to its potential. Yes. This cast of comedians and actors hit it out of the park. So we've got some casting for you guys. <laughs> there are so many fantastic, talented actors and comedians. Um, so I'm focusing on the four that were in five episodes. Okay. Or more. And that is, of course, Mel Brooks is back as the narrator. Ike Barinholtz is Ulysses S. Grant. Nick Kroll is also Schmuck Mudman, as well as other characters. And Wanda Sykes is Shirley Kisholm, as well as other characters. <laughs> Most notably, Harriet Tubman. Well, I'm ready for some tea. Are you ready for some tea? Yes. All right, folks. 
This is the part of the show where we spill the tea. So if you have not watched History of the World Part 2, it is on Hulu. It is definitely available. Go watch it because we're about to spoil it for you. Serious question time. And that's all we do here is serious questions. Out of all the sketches, what did you think was the most historically accurate? This is going to sound funny, but I think it's the typhoid Mary bit on the U of tube. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Moral was not historically accurate, but I also did like the Shakespeare writing room with Josh Gad. I think that was also very historically accurate as well. Also, the Council of Nicaea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think that will continue to be historically accurate. Right? For the foreseeable future yeah the rest of time (laughs) in the history of time i was actually surprised how much of shirley chisholm's story they did cover that was accurate that was impressive i was like well they they hit the majority of the points (laughs) but also noah's ark actually kind of tracks at this point (laughs) you can't have our dog friendly world (laughs) two of every dog yeah he saved all the strays and i'm pretty sure this is why our society is the dog lovers that we are because of Noah. <laughs> Did you have a favorite comedian? I really liked Nick Kroll's work okay. in the show. His whole bit as Schmuck Mudman had me laughing. Like I was in tears laughing. And I also really enjoyed Tyler James Williams. Thank you! With his character in the Civil War. And of course, Wanda Sykes is also really good too. Right. <laughs> Especially when she calls out the German tourists looking for the railroad. <laughs> In the middle of West Virginia. Yes. Honorable mentions to Nick Kroll, for sure. His Liverpool accent in the last supper sessions. (laughs) Spot on. Till no end. Loved him as Schmuck Mudman. I love, I wanted to see Wanda, like, just more Harriet Tubman scenes. Yes. She's my favorite in all things. She was so good as Harriet Tubman. That sketch needed to be 99.9%. Wanda. Mm. I loved her as Harriet Tubman. But that being said, like I wanted to see more of Tyler James Williams. Oh, we only got him in like one sketch, really? We got robbed of Wanda and Wanda Sykes and Tyler James Williams. Yeah, I just wanted to see more of him and he did a great job. Honorable mentions to Tim Balls as Lieutenant Henry Honeybeard and <laughs> yes. right and Son McClarnon as Mingos. There are three of them were like my favorite act in the show and also i didn't re- i recognized zon mclaren and i was like where do i know him from he is william lopez in hawkeye he's echo's uncle yes i was like i know him where do i know him from yeah. it was bugging me too but i was <laughs> i did not do the like work that's on me sorry folks oh no but the three of them stuck in traffic in california oh my god he's like i'm gonna be showing up for some person's audition who is it mel brooks i don't know <laughs> Oh my goodness. And the other sketch that I like was the the argument over which country is the origin of hummus with Turkey, Greece, Palestine, and Israel, and Norway is like the mediator. So like, it was lunch in the Middle East. Yeah. They're all arguing over who invented hummus. This I is the it. greatest debate of all time, folks. It's exactly why we can't have nice things ever, mm-hmm. but it's a genuine debate. I want to see them debate over pineapple on pizza next. That's going to be a serious argument. It is. Yes. But yeah. I had no idea how serious hummus was until this sketch. Did you watch the end credit scenes with the Shirley sketch? 
so I didn't really see an, an end credit scene. It just went straight to the credits. So what was I supposed to be looking yeah, for? So in the scene where they, they've ended the quote unquote show mm-hmm. and then they start to argue because he's like, I'm just a laughing joke to everyone. They start to roll like credits on the screen and it's mm-hmm. in white text overlaying the Shirley show while it's still playing out. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really paying attention, but I saw something and I read the that credit scene. And I was like, hold up what? And I paused it. And I rolled back and I paused every time the credits change. And I have quite a few. Okay. If you'd like to have a good laugh. Go for it. So for the Shirley show, Ronald Gerbstein is credited as the white piece of trash who took Rosa Parks' seat. <laughs> <laughs> Written by Paul Whitey White. Hair was by Bad Harday. Makeup was by Cake Face. The production designer was a guy named Phil. Set designer is Jew. Construction <laughs> is Irish and Italian, guys. Head electric is not a Jew. Best boy is Willie the Pup. And production assistant is Coffee Run. <laughs> and what I saw was Paul Whitey White, and I went, hold up, what? So, but it makes sense now. <laughs> it does. It does. It absolutely makes sense now. Did you have a favorite episode? My favorite episode is episode two, specifically the scene of Judas and Luke at home complaining about the last snack and having to eat something at home because the food at the restaurant was really bad. <laughs> and then the, the Roro stopped by. So it's not the Popo because the Popo's police. It's the Roro because it's the Romans. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which will forever now be dubbed Roro in my brain. Right. And Judas accepts, and I quote unquote, but accepts the bribe to betray Jesus. He literally just puts his hand out and the Romans just like, here you go, plunk. And Judas like, wait, what? And the and also the town is named Rock Ridge, but not that one. Direct reference to Blazing Saddles. Oh my God. It's great. I busted out laughing when I saw that. It was like splendid, splendid. I was trying to think which episode did I catch myself laughing or the most at? And I got to give it up to episode five, Galileo on TikTok or Tiki Talkie. So Nick Kroll, golf clap, my friend. That was, <laughs> that was solid. I'm dying over here because I just see Galileo falling because he's like, oh no, I'm falling. Gravity. No, I'm not. It's like floating in air. Right. <laughs> but casually explaining this theory on gravity. Also, I can't get enough of Ulysses S. Grant getting rescued by Harriet Tubman. That is so the good. summer blockbuster I want to see. Please. And yeah, that was my favorite episode for sure. So my favorite sketch was Jesus and Mary falling in love and it just being a spoof on the notebook. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I'll see you in three days. And they're kissing in the rain. Like it, all of it was perfection. Jay Ellis. Good job, my friend. Good job. But also how they came up with Easter. They're like, what are we going to call it? That's so weird. But we figured out how to get colored eggs. <laughs> Just saying, this is great. And then honorable mentions to concestry.com, Kublai Khan. Was it Ronnie Chang? So great. <laughs> Ronnie Chang, dude. Just killed it. Also, the real concubines of the Kublai Khan. The real concubines of Kublai Khan. <laughs> I mean, they even got, was it Andy Cohen, the pyramid scheme? 
and and uh, she kept calling him out she's like no 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 i want to i want him to play this out right (laughs) i hope this gets nominated for something i was living for every episode and the i want to say it was the last sketch the jesus resurrection or jc resurrection trailer yeah (laughs) i was laughing i my i was laughing so hard (laughs) because it reminded me of like you know like early early mid-2000s marvel trailers oh yes you know yes no they understood the assignment but the the preface of this trailer was council of nicaea they had a marketing meeting on what they do and don't prefer about jesus and they gave a variety of very popular social issues that are still relevant today and then recast jesus in the in the last sketch and i've actually met this guy who they mm-hmm. cast him with at comic-con yes and he did a great job uh the whole cast did in that sketch but they also recasted uh mary magdalene <laughs> mm-hmm. they gave her a job and mm-hmm. <laughs> made it a complete action sequence and correct me if i'm wrong here but we're thinking there's going to be a season two of part two. The showrunner David Stassen said in an interview that while anything hasn't been confirmed, like he's interested if everyone he knows of is on board. Okay. And Ike Barinholtz also said during a promotional interview that they wrote a lot and they have more that they want to do. So it all depends on the viewing numbers at this point if we get another season. But they, I think they, if offered, they would do it. I hope so. I hope so. It was a lot of fun. Really appreciated that Mel Brooks touched on Juice and Space. Yes. Because that was the big trailer at the end of his Through the World Part 1. But he specifically said that he wasn't going to do like another Spaceballs movie or like a Juice and Space type thing without, without Rick Moranis. And this is probably about to be as close as we get to a space and jews movie slash you know episode and i loved it it was hilarious and now it is time for the spotlight of the week looking to move 24 7 moving is a full service moving company based in la at 24 7 moving they understand moving can be overwhelming sometimes and they see this as their responsibility to alleviate the pressure and stress their professional team provides fun friendly and secure local and long distance services throughout the u.s Their highly skilled and well-trained team has combined experience of over 3,000 moves, including commercial and residential. They deliver smooth and stress-free moving and packing services at affordable prices. I've personally used 24-7 moving and have never been so impressed with a team of movers in my life. They weren't just fast and efficient. They were affordable, and the guest service was unmatched to anything I've ever worked with before. For more information, visit them online at 247moving.com. We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with the following. Hulu, The Walt Disney Company, Disney Plus, Good at Business Inc., 23-24, Brooks Films Limited, and 20th Century Television Searchlight. We're just really big fans who also hate the LA traffic at 2 o'clock in the freaking afternoon on a weekday. (laughs) Going to an audition for some guy named Mel Brooks. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.